Hello and welcome back to the Think Business podcast powered by Bank of Ireland. Today I'm talking to Dr. Rich Ferry, who is the director of UCC Innovation. Rich oversees Gateway UCC, which has 55 spin-out and startup companies. Uh, Ignite, which has worked with over 100 startups and over 120 founders. And Rich also oversees UCC Consulting, which is just about to launch. I talked to Rich about how COVID-19 has affected the startup world and will remote working become part of startup life in the future. So, Rich, when I think of uh, University College Cork, I, I, I think of some good companies that have come out of there already. Uh, you know, Pundit Arena would be one company I'd be aware of. Trust App is another. But overall, Gateway UCC has had 55 spin-outs and startup companies. You employ, uh, these companies employ about 330 people. You know, it isn't just Ignite. There's also UCC Consulting. Uh, a lot of, lot of good things going on there. But tell me a bit about yourself, first of all, in terms of uh, what brought you to UCC and the, and the kind of experience you, ha- you, bring, you brought with you. Uh, well, uh, thanks for uh, giving me a great name check to some of our companies straight off the bat. You saved me a job there. But uh, what brought me to UCC? Well, I started off as a genetics researcher many, many years ago and uh, was very, very keen to uh, to move into areas where I could exploit science in more of a commercial way. So having spent 10 or 12 years at AstraZeneca doing uh, genetic diagnostic techniques, um, I moved across into technology transfer at Manchester and got a real flavour for trying to, um, trying to, I guess, mobilise university research and get it to translate into real commercial and economic benefit um, for the benefit of the taxpayer. So that was my background. Part of my role at Manchester, I became um, a consultant for Enterprise Ireland, helping them on one of the panels that reviews technology transfer in Ireland. And as a result of that, I became aware of University College Cork. And when I came down here to meet the people here, I was really inspired by what a special place it is Mm. and what a great place it is uh, to do business as well as to do science. So that's why I'm here and uh, I'm loving it so far. I've been here about 18 months now. Yeah, I always consider Cork one of the jewels in our crown, particularly from a technology perspective. You know, you've had Apple there. Apple Apple came there as as a startup itself, really. It's only a three or four year old company in 1980. And now it's one of the biggest employers in the country. And it's a great, there's a great heritage of technology and a great heritage of entrepreneurs. Uh, you know, I think people like Pat Phelan and others, uh, just, just, just real larger than life characters who really have a very much a, a world vision from the get go, as opposed to sell in Ireland first, then go global. They seem to go global first, it seems to be their outlook. What, what is it? What's the special stamp that you guys try to put on, on entrepreneurship from Cork? How, how, how was it devised? How, how, how did it all come together in terms of when you thought of, thought of creating Ignite, but also um, the kind of ethos that you seem to imbue in these companies? My, my feeling on Ignite, when, when I talk to the guys there and I see the companies that come out of there, I, 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 it's not just a can-do spirit, but it's actually preparing this, the, the companies themselves very much and making them, immersing them in the real world Wilder, 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 Wilder developing in, in Ignite in the place lit out. Yeah, uh, well, great question again. So what I would say is that when I first came uh, to UCC, I came as director of technology transfer, but I had a bunch of um, portfolio uh, activities to look after. And so we tried to pull all those together as uh, UCC Innovation. I'm now director of innovation. And what we've got is essentially what I'd call a full service innovation activity within the university. So at one end, uh, we deal with the startups, um, the accelerator through Ignite. Then we've got the, uh, the spin-out accelerator Sprint. 
We've got the Gateway UCC piece, which is really our um, incubator for uh, new companies, both startups and spin-outs. But it essentially is the real estate play with the added value of mentoring and tuition uh, in entrepreneurship. And then we've got, I guess, the uh, the idea of uh, UCC Consulting, which um, is a relatively late entrant uh, to the portfolio, but which I'm very enthusiastic about. Um, we will talk about that a little bit later on in the context of what we're doing to uh, to help companies in the context of COVID. But I do think that consulting and, and providing companies um, with an opportunity to discuss how to pivot their business models um, with academic um, researchers is a really important part of what we'll be doing uh, in the future. So we've got a full service innovation piece, um, but I think the mystery ingredient of our, of our cork is just essentially the, the never say die attitude, uh, the indefatigable nature of cork onions, um, and always wanting to, to rise to a challenge uh, and never be beaten. And people uh, really do stick to it. Um, and what I would say about the uh, entrepreneurs in both the Ignite program and the Sprint program is that they are really, really committed to being entrepreneurial. They're really committed to getting their companies going. And therefore, it's a pleasure for us to support them on what's a very exciting journey for them. How, how are you guys uh, going about helping businesses prepare for COVID or post-COVID even? I mean, you mentioned their, the consulting model. I often think sometimes traditionally there's been a, always been a kind of a break or a gap between the, the, the day-to-day grind of running a business and then, you know, the world of universities, which in many cases are, you know, are businesses in themselves, but often are accused by businesses of not being in the real world. But whereas the real situation facing a lot of these, uh, especially now, particularly uh, with COVID and, and everything that's happened is, they have to always think outside the box to get their funding and attract funding, work with industry, those kind of things. They're actually probably just as uh, as gritty business practitioners as businesses themselves, if you think about what they have to do to get funding together and make things happen. So so just in terms of that, I mean, how do you unite that situation where you're helping businesses to survive beyond COVID, but also the reality that universities find themselves currently in? Well, it's a really good observation about universities. So, uh, I would say that our academics, are, you know, in, in the context of the research and academic careers, really show uh, great entrepreneurialism. You know, they're essentially uh, sole traders in what is a bazaar, and they have to rely on their own uh, skills to be able to survive in, in, in what is a dog-eat-dog world of competing for research funding uh, and getting to the next level uh, academically. So there's great traits that they already have, but I would say that um, I would divide our activities into, into two camps, really. One is supporting existing businesses and the other is uh, growing new businesses. So on the supporting existing businesses, I would say that, you know, the the Gateway UCC activity, making sure recently that we've been able to uh, get the companies who are involved in in essential research into the premises and continuing with their businesses being really, really important. Um, Understanding the issues they have with cash flow uh, and being sympathetic to that and trying to help them to manage that such that they can uh, keep uh, in business. Um, essentially, uh, licensing intellectual property to companies. And uh, I guess there's the, the, the standard uh, approach, companies who aren't necessarily involved in COVID, but wanting to remain competitive and building extra competitive advantage and giving them access to our intellectual property. But also there's the COVID-related IP. So the IP that's important in either diagnosing COVID uh, treating COVID 
or for, for instance, making healthcare, uh, remote healthcare available during COVID. It's those, that kind of intellectual property that we've uh, committed with other universities in Ireland to making available on a royalty-free basis, at least uh, for a year uh, after the WHO declares the COVID pandemic over. So that there's a bunch of supports for existing companies, and then there's you know there's the um, the growth of the new companies and making sure that the Ignite program and the Sprint program go from strength to strength. That we're engaging with entrepreneurial uh, students and entrepreneurial academics. Um, that we're capturing their ideas and we're giving them the support that they need to be able to grow exciting businesses uh, here in Cork. Overlaying all that is is the consultancy piece, and that can be consultancy to um, existing companies and then consultancy to companies as they're as they're growing out of the university and as I've said I think that's a really important and often overlooked aspect of what we do making sure there's a healthy uh, dialogue between our academics and external companies and we're taking the view now that if companies wish to get in touch with the university about particular issues they wish to solve we'll give them a soft landing and we'll connect them with our academic colleagues who have um, really relevant expertise and skills to bring to bear and making sure that some of those initial conversations can happen in kind of free of charge to get the, get the ball kind of moving, really. So, you know, I think universities um, do play an, you know, an awfully important part, part in, in the growth of uh, economies. You know, we can't underestimate the challenge that COVID has given, not just to our economy, but to economies uh, globally. But, you know, I'm so enthusiastic about being in the innovation space, particularly now, because we can make the difference. We can help companies to survive and we can grow new ones too. And, uh, you know, we don't underestimate the challenges, but um, I never, equally, I never underestimate, underestimate the skills of my academic colleagues who are, you know, when, when I come into, into work, when I have that uh, pleasure of actually being in the office, mm-hmm. um, I do enjoy working with my uh, academic colleagues and I'm always impressed by their creativity and their willingness to involve themselves. So... Those are the ways in which we can make a difference, I think. Mm. One of the things that always impressed me about, about uh, UCC and, and and Cork startups, uh, you, you guys have like the, uh, you have a lot of very strong research institutes around you. And uh, I think one, one, a number of examples I've, I've even seen, one, one, one of the spin-outs um, being acquired by Facebook-owned Oculus. Recently, uh, we wrote about Kielvar, a company that was founded by a, a professor, I think, from UCC, uh, Alan Holland, and uh, it recently raised sixteen million. And and then you got then you got really outliers. I mentioned Pat Phelan, who sold Trustev, um, but those got, got got you know Liam Casey. So many great outliers from Cork. How do you think that UCC contributes to the entrepreneurial story of Cork? And and what what do you think the future looks like that in, in that regard in terms of do you envisage more spin-outs, uh, particularly coming from the academic side of things in the university? Yeah, well, of course I envisage more spin-outs. And, uh, uh, you know, that's an important part of uh, what any university uh, should aim to do. It's a great way of ensuring that uh, university research um, is, is primed for commercialization. So it's often those disruptive technologies that represent a challenge to established businesses. And it's kind of the, the David versus Goliath scenario where we can create these uh, little companies with big ideas that can essentially take on the established players and, and you know, deliver um, you know, real benefits uh, to society. So it's that kind of situation that I think uh, we relish. But I think you know, it's important to recognise, I think, two things. 
Firstly, the extent to which when those companies uh, are nascent from the university, that the ongoing support between those companies and key research centers like APC and Tyndall can support those companies along their uh, trajectory, their, their growth and development path. So often we find that those companies will um, wish to sponsor research programs in the university. Um, and that's a, it's a great dynamic for them. It gives them uh, access to uh, you know, terrific expertise, but it m- means that they can mitigate their cash burn. They don't have to have that expertise um, resident within their companies and, and on the bottom line. So there's that ongoing relationship between companies and the university. You know, and we can perhaps talk about uh, uh, precision biotics at some point, which I think is a great example uh, of that. Uh, but you know, you've already mentioned Apple and companies like that that are based in the, in, in the Cork area, and there's a great opportunity, I think, for companies of which are established to, um, uh, to continue to um, to seek to connect with the university, either to fund research within the university or to access uh, university expertise on a, on a kind of case by case basis. So, you know, one of the things that attracted me uh, to uh, UCC and to Cork was not just the university, although, you know, that's inherently attractive in its own right, but it's also the variety of companies in the city region uh, and the growth plans that we have uh, for continuing to grow a vibrant ecosystem in innovation, you know, in the Cork city region. In terms of, I suppose, post-COVID or whatever the new normal, I'm not really a fan of that phrase, but everyone seems to say it, but... I'd say right now, the university, its staff, its students, its startups, everyone's been thrust into this kind of virtual world, remote working. How, how do you see the landscape going forward and how set up are you to enable or support people as they have to work through these Zoom calls? We talked a bit about it earlier on, but it is it is our current normality. Uh, how, how do you see it all emerging, I suppose, once we start a new campus year might be going back full time. People may not. How, how how do you see it all playing out as we as we use these digital tools and also at the same time, you know, being people, we still like to talk to each other. People like to attend events, all that kind of stuff. Uh, what what do you think the future looks like for the startup ecosystem and 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 that ecosystem as as I suppose through the lens of UCC? Uh, well, what I'd say was that um, when first told that uh, we'd be uh, working from home for a period. Um, I remember uh, looking at my computer there and finding this thing called Microsoft Teams and uh, having a quick look at that and sending a note out to my colleagues saying, you know, this might be quite useful, you know, over the next few days when we're off. Little did I know that I'd be spending every waking moment uh, either on Microsoft Teams or Zoom. And uh, I guess all the, ca- the capability been there for a long, long time, but mm-hmm. it's been totally underutilized. And I think that, you know, it's it's really, um, this is a pivotal moment for us all. We're now competent to, to use uh, this type of medium. We feel much more comfortable in having a conversation as we are today uh, through, you know, through a computer lens, essentially. So um, it's clearly um, changed the way we do things. I think it's also um, proven a point, which is, uh, you know, that uh, remote working, you know, you can trust people to work remotely. You know, they're focused on the, the job in hand, they're focused on the outputs, and the mechanism of achieving it is just a little bit different. Uh, so I think that during COVID, we've been mandated to work this way, essentially. Uh, and post-COVID, um, there's a real balance between work in the office uh, and work remotely, which I think I, for one, would uh, would like to embrace. Certainly, uh, to my mind, three or four months now of, uh, of Teams and Zoom is great. 
but to be in the office, meeting people again, uh, having coffee, and uh, and having that, that those kind of water cooler moments that people talk about, where you're not necessarily talking about a specific project, but you're talking about things that uh, relate to them. Uh, that's what I miss at the moment. Uh, I'm a very social kind of guy, so being sat uh, as I am now uh, in my home office, um, essentially absent from from that kind of social contact, is becoming a bit challenging. But I've enjoyed it, and I have to say, um, I guess it's my colleagues to judge, but I feel I've never been more productive. Certainly the amount of uh, effort I've put in and the amount of time I've devoted uh, has been very, very uh, targeted uh, to, to what we need to do right now. If anything, there's an issue, I think, around uh, the blurring of the work-life balance. Um, and uh, one of the things I notice about um, you know, things like the medium we're using at the moment is you're essentially always on, aren't you? Yeah. And so when the evenings come and you, you need a bit of downtime, as we all do, it's difficult to turn off and, and, and not respond and not be part of the, the ongoing debate. But for startup companies, you know, what could be better? You've got access to the globe, essentially, from your bedroom. Um, and people are willing to use this medium now and talk to you in a way that perhaps would have been uh, more difficult in the past. So I think they have to embrace it. Um, they have to be brave, and they have to, uh, to 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 use the opportunity it provides. Um, so you may be based in Cork, or you may be based in Dublin, or wherever, but you can talk to customers all across the globe. And you know, so certainly, you know, in the house I'm in at the moment, I share um, this house with my wife. Um, she works for a, a large company. She is dealing with people in Mexico and in India the whole time using this medium. I certainly have got global conversations going on. Um, so we may be in Kinsale, but we're networked into the globe, and it's great. I'm really enjoying it. As, as someone from uh, Liverpool, by way of Manchester University, mm. what what would be uh, your observations on the Irish startup landscape or entrepreneurial or entrepreneurship in Ireland in general? Um, like I, I don't think any country has gotten it right, but situations like COVID do present, they do lay things bare. Like uh, one of the things that was straight to me or obvious to me when this happened was how, on average, most Irish young startups would have a typically a, a run, a run, a, I suppose a a lifeline of up to about three to four months in terms of what revenues brought in or what they have to keep going or what they had in place to keep going. France brought in, in you know, very generous terms to help its startups stay alive. Uh, there's been nothing particular for Irish startups. But then again, you know, one of the other things on the, on the flip side, then you look at like groups like Enterprise Ireland, regarded as probably the fourth biggest venture capital player in Europe by volume of investment it does. I, I don't think any country has gotten it perfect in terms of supporting its startups. So what would be your observations uh, coming from the UK into Ireland and working here for a number of years in terms of how the ecosystem here has, uh, I suppose, developed and what could be done better? Well, uh, again, it's, uh, there are more similarities between uh, Cork and uh, Liverpool and Manchester than perhaps uh, at the service, you might think. So, you know, growing up in Liverpool uh, and then spending a lot of my working life in Manchester, um, there was always a lot of antipathy towards the southeast of England. Always a lot of jealousy about the, uh, you know, on the, on the, on the business side, the, the, the amount of uh, financial resources that there are directed at the southeast of England. A lot of the research funding goes into the Golden Triangle universities. And so certainly Manchester, we were always very, very keen to try and redress that balance and, uh, and fight on a level playing field. At Manchester, we had... Uh, at one time, uh, we had an office at Covent Garden, for instance, 
Um, we, you know, if it, you know, if we, if the mountain wouldn't uh, come to Mohammed, Mohammed, you know, we had to go there essentially. So we had a, we had a, we had a University of Manchester Covent Garden branch essentially. <laughs> so Cork, you know, there's a very very similar attitude. There's uh, there's the Cork uh, Dublin antipathy mm. uh, issue. Um, always wanting to, you know, that the city of Cork first, um, Republic of Cork, all that kind of stuff, which I totally buy into and, and enjoy, and it seems to me to be very, very similar. Yeah. But I think um, on the, just to relate that to not just an attitude thing, but to an entrepreneurial thing, I think people, um, it, whether Cork is unique or whether it's a reflection of Ireland in general, I think people are genuinely entrepreneurial and very, very sharp to spot an opportunity. I'm very, very keen to exploit um, an opportunity that they come across. But what, one thing I think does set us apart now, I say us in terms of, of Cork, people are very uh, um, well prepared to help back uh, a friend or colleague who has an opportunity. So small companies uh, often get off the ground with support of friends and family, um, which is a fantastic thing, you know, to, to give people who have an idea that backing at a time when they really, really need it, I think is important. Uh, I see a lot of uh, business mentorship where established um, businessmen and women uh, are very helpful towards young startup companies, very willing to share their expertise, uh, very uh, strong on sharing war stories. They're just generally supportive of what's going on. So there's a sense of community, but also a willingness to take on a challenge um, and there's, you know, as I say, there's a, this issue of being in, in the south and not being in Dublin and wanting to, to redraw the map of Ireland, which I find uh, appeals to me uh, and it's great to be a part of. Brilliant. Rich, with that, thank you very much for taking part. Oh, it's been, it's been great. I've really enjoyed talking to you, John. <laughs>